Hi, this is Dr. Mitzi Vargas, your host of the Pet Healer Podcast. Welcome to another episode. Today we're going to be discussing herbs. Uh, healing with herbs is uh, an ancient form of healing, uh, folkloric, you know, in, in many in many countries, uh, shamans, uh, medicine women, medicine men uh, have always used herbs, um, the earth uh, materials, right? Um, just natural healing always involves herbs of some kind, whether you drink them, you use them in poultices and apply it to wounds, or um, you uh, smoke them. Uh, all of these herbs are uh, natural pharmaceuticals. They are all coming from nature. And so I think that they go and work better with our bodies than pharmaceuticals 100%. That's my thought. And when it comes to our pets, there are many herbal formulas available and not only uh, Western herbs, which is, you know, just regular herbs that have been passed down traditionally uh, in, you know, recipes or um, to eat or to consume, in, whether it's uh, topical or internally, uh, but also the herbs that have been used in China for thousands of years. And so these formulas date back to kings of 2,000 years before Christ. These these formulas have been there, you know, since then, and they're classical formulas that continue to be done with the same herbs, with the same procedures that were done thousands of years ago to this day. And so these herbs are available. That when I'm talking about herbal remedies, most of them are based on the Chinese uh, veterinary medicine um, tradition. So is we're not talking about um, active ingredients per se, we're talking more about energetic properties of these herbs. And when we're talking about energetic properties, <laughs> there are many. And so the herbs are uh, classified as to what kind of energy they can bring to your body. And of course, in the previous chapters, I've touched about that we are all energy, that the energy in the universe, the absolute God, is divided in two opposing energies, but they're complementing each other and forming each other all the time, the yin and the yang. And the yin and the yang can further be explained in five different categories, which are the five elements. The energy of some herbs could be related to the element of wood um, and or the element of fire, earth, metal, or water. So knowing what properties energetically these herbs have, then you can blend them in different formulas um, to then treat based on the TCVM, traditional Chinese veterinary medicine principles. So first of all, before we, we go a little bit more deeper in how do I use the herbs to heal the animals, let's... Uh, share some thoughts about why is, is it that I'm so interested in the herbs? Well, I got to tell you guys, it goes as far back as my childhood. My grandmother, uh, you know, rest in peace and in power, uh, Juana Davila's, we call her Mama. Mama 
was your typical Indian, Native American person, um, we call them Tainos in, in Puerto Rico. And of course, it, very indigenous, fa- uh, you know, look, very small, probably 4'10", at her youngest, uh, very small person, but very big, big heart, big personality. And she loved uh, herbs. She was uh, sort of like a curandera. Um, I guess when you're so poor, you you can't afford going to the doctor, right? You start looking around what you have in your garden and what you have available in order to uh, make yourself feel better. So she learned from her mother and her mother from her mother. So this has been past generations. Which herbs did what? And so if I had a tummy ache, I would go to mama. We wouldn't go to the doctor. We'd go to my grandmother. And she would just um, go out in the garden and pick some different herbs and and then just make some tea. And then I will drink that tea and I'll feel instantly better. And one of my regrets in life would be that at that point in time, there wasn't any uh, iPhones, anything that I could have record or kept from this knowledge. And this knowledge, sadly, my family was lost because nobody else was interested in it. Um, but her knowledge about uh, local herbs, uh, typical of Puerto Rico, um, is still shared by some local curanderas. But I have gone as a child to a curandera for other ailments it, that mama couldn't take care of. And so I, with that child's innocence, you know, I knew that the plants had healing properties. I just saw it. I felt it as a child. And so when I grew up, I just, it, it didn't, it didn't, it didn't, um, it wasn't a, a bad thing for me. It wasn't uh, something crazy to to be using herbs uh, in any kind of way. Um, so to me, it was like, oh, okay, so what do you use it for? So it's more of an interest than it was uh, being baffled by it or surprised or just not believing that they do have the power. After all, many of our drugs they are derived from plants. And so they just find something that is anecdotally um, efficient. So if if a country or a, or a group of people, uh, civilization use this herb for something, then they investigate the herb. They try to um, deconstruct the herb properties. You know, what is it that is working? And then if they do get an active ingredient, then they just extract that and put it 10 times uh, more powerful and sell it in a pill for a lot of money. But the problem is, in in this thinking of, of just extracting and deconstructing herbs, is that you lose the energy of the herb. So that herb has uh, many active ingredients. Let's take, for example, the hemp plant. Um, so yes, it has THC, which is what you know people like to um, to use for certain recreational use. But it also has over four hundred diff- different compounds, and not a lot of them have been thoroughly investigated. CBD comes to mind. CBD has many uses. I I actually promote the use of CBD oil for pets that are 
you know, geriatric and they're in need of a pick-me-up for appetite, for example. But CBD oil is not, um, or CBD plant, uh, chewables, edibles, they're not considered traditional Chinese veterinary medicine. So uh, they're just uh, Western use of herbs. And I am not exclusive to just uh, say uh, Chinese herbs. I do like some homeopathic preparations and I like some other kind of preparations using Western herbs because, again, the the beauty of it is very few of them can harm. Um, mostly they can help. And even if they don't help, again, they don't harm. So I feel that that is a good use of or a good alternative to use for sick animals. So again, in, in honor of my grandmother, you know, I wrote this book too because I, I just... It just hurts me that her knowledge went and got lost and didn't get transferred. You know, there was a transfer that was supposed to happen, generational transfer, and it didn't happen. And so, you know, I, I want my book and my testimony to be that knowledge passed forward to generations of people out there. Hopefully one of you listening will take home the the learning more about herbs and perhaps help some animals' lives. So that's really what we're doing this, right? Just to uh, raise awareness and to also, again, try to help. If we can save one life with this podcast of a pet that is undergoing some treatment or suffering, uh, if knowledge from this podcast uh, serves to heal that pet, then our job, our energetically job and karmic job is done so what let's just go now to just really what's the herb theory in tcvm well basically that they just have different properties and you're gonna use them based on their five element um, properties and also for temperature there's also taste you know, so there's definitely, definitely many ways of using the herbs, not just the five element energetic property, but are they hot or warm? Just like we did with the food, if you have an inflammatory condition um, like rheumatoid arthritis or in, in dogs, let's say um, allergic skin disease is a red dog, then we can do the herbs for sure um, to help in addition to the food. So again, you notice that I'm talking about acupuncture, about food, and about herbs, because there's these are synergistic modalities. You know, one of them might give you even eighty or ninety percent uh, resolution of your symptoms, but when you add these modalities together, when you pay attention to what you're feeding your pet, pay attention to what you're giving uh, as an herb and uh, take your pet for acupuncture or twina, that really um, is the whole package. You know, you're trying to heal at the root of the problem. And the therapy is aimed to that. So let's say when you're using the herbs as hot or cold herbs, uh, we're going to use them just like we use the food. So let's say that I see an animal that has a fever. Um, well, I definitely 
can can do an acupuncture point, which I did my master thesis on how to reduce temperature with just bleeding certain points. So I would probably do that first. <laughs> but then I could probably send um, this pet on an herbal formula that contains an herb called Coptis, Wang Lian. Because Coptis is super cold herb. And so if you have um, a fever, if you have uh, infection, inflammation, or even sweating disorders, then you can use the cold herbs to, to do that. And if you have um, urinary incontinence or, you know, you know, cold body parts, like when we were talking about acupuncture, some animals, you know, the, the temperature should be even the whole body, right and left side, head to the tail. Um, if there are differences in temperature, that usually indicates uh, chi blockage, a blockage of energy, um, and that area is being undernourished by the energy, by the blood, by the lymphatics. So an herb that would be hot would be more appropriate for that. If you have a condition that makes you weak in energy, then uh, energetic you know, herb, an herb that is hotter, because again, the more dense energy, the hotter it is, will be indicated. So one of the things with with uh, TCBM is that it's not cookie cutter medicine. Again, it's customized medicine. So let's say, for example, I have two dogs with diarrhea. So in Western medicine, diarrhea is just a problem, right? You got diarrhea. Well, and TCVM is a little bit deeper than that. Is the diarrhea liquid, watery, um, non-form, non-smell type, or is it one that has um, mucus and is uh, bloody um, and is painful? Again, the characteristics of the diarrhea will tell you if it's a problem that is a cut a cold problem or a lack of energy problem, or if it's a damp heat, uh, an acute excess problem. So you can have a deficiency diarrhea or you can have uh, an excess diarrhea. So you can have uh, a chi deficiency in the spleen, which is the spleen meridian, which is the one that transforms, uh, absorbs the food, or you could have a pathogen, an uh, inflammation or a nasty element in your GI tract causing this, you know, it's an acute disease. Guess what? In Western medicine, the approach is the same. Anti-diarrhea medication or antibiotics or, you know, just examine the tool, the stool and see if there's any parasites. In Chinese medicine, the herbal remedies are going to be completely different. Probably some acupuncture points will be the same. Because when it comes to acupuncture, when you put the needle in or the um, aqua in that point, the body in its infinite wisdom knows how to do with it. Even if you thought it was a deficiency and you're trying to um, tonify it, add more energy to it, but it was an excess, then the body, again, in its infinite wisdom, knows what to do with the energy. The herbs, you're not that lucky. In the herbs, you're actually affecting the body a, l a lot more than with the acupuncture in some cases. And so 
Although I really think that you can really harm anybody with acupuncture. With herbal, if you don't know what you're doing, you can really harm them. Because again, let's go back to the hypothetical case of diarrheas. You know, you can have a, a cold diarrhea, meaning that it's a splinchy deficiency, or you can have a hot diarrhea, meaning it's a damp heat in the GI. And so the herbs are going to be completely different. Some herbs for the splinchy are going to be hot herbs that will, um, like cinnamon or aconite or, you know, is something that it will be warm. And then the other, if it was a cold diarrhea, then it would be something that has coptis or gypsum, something um, that it is cold. And if you have the hot diarrhea, the damp heat, and you get a warming herb like a Shenling Baisu, you're not going to get great results. You're actually going to contribute to the diarrhea. Oh, my God, doctor, the diarrhea got worse. Well, maybe it was the herb that you chose. It was c contributing to the problem, not balancing. Again, the act of the using herbs or acupuncture or... Uh, food is to balance the energy. So if you have too much of this, then you you neutralize it by adding the opposite energy. And so that's the thing that we have to think about. Balance is the key. Is The harmonious state is a homeostasis state. And so that's what we aim with the therapy. And so how about flavors? I mentioned before that you can also use them as flavors. And um, so there are five different flavors, just like the five elements. There's bitter, sweet, salty, pungent, and sour. Well, the bitter has uh, properties that clears the heat and purges intestines. So again, when I say the acute bloody diarrhea, you can use coptis because not only coptis is a cold herb, but it also has is a bitter herb. And so it will have that effect. So when it comes to um, an animal that is really old and it has multiple organ fa failure, like liver or kidney failure, um, sometimes, and but they're cold, uh, the sweet flavor might be a good one for that. So ginseng, licorice, astragalus, those will tonify your chi in those older and weak geriatric animals. How about salty? Did you know that salty flavor herbs um, can help to dissipate cancer, nodules, and tumors? Um, so most of these herbs are not really herbs. They're more, mostly minerals um, and then you containing certain salts. And you can use it for treat cancer, treating cancer in pets. And so a lot of these formulas that are for um, cancer healing formulas they might have some sweet and some salty stuff in there just to help overall tonifying the body's energy, but then to help with dissolving the new, the nodules and the tumors. About the pungent uh, flavor, that, that kind of pungent uh, energy stimulates the blood flow, and you know that wherever the chi flows... Um, then that's where the organ, you know, is going to get all the nutrition and the function is going to get better. So one of those pungent flavors is cinnamon, believe it or not. You would think that it was sweet, but it's really just pungent. And I know that uh, cinnamon is used in weight loss for people 
and it's because it increases the metabolism and it aids in just the absorption or transformation of fat. So it's because it stimulates the blood flow. So that's that made sense to me once I was studying the herbs. And so the sour flavor, um, they are astringent. That means they're kind of like stabilized. They bind substances. They dry up things. So, for example, if you have blood or sweat or mucus, you want to to use something that will be sour in nature and then that will really help. So Chisandra, who we see, is uh, an herb. Chisandra has the five flavors in it. and uh, But it's used to stop diarrhea or excessive sweating or if you have fecal or urinary incontinence, that would be a good herb, Chisandra, to use. Or a good formula that has that herb, at least. And again, the formulas are not just one herb. I mean, there are. Sorry, there are some formulas that is just one herb. But the formula in itself implies that you, you're mixing different herbs, right? Um, otherwise, be just supplementing with this herb. But um, the formulas are just an act of balancing the ingredients and the energies and the properties of the herbs in a blend. And so I think that blends are safer than single-use uh, herbs, um, like using just a specific one or herbs, because... I feel that when you use a specific herb, you can actually overdo it. Again, our bodies are just uh, perfect computers, and maybe we're adding too much of one thing. We don't know what the repercussions to doing that would be. I mean, we might take something else out of balance, but when we add a blend, they're safer. They're a lot safer because there's always stabilizer herbs, the neutralizing herbs. So, I mean, if you add some... uh, salty and sweet herbs there's also neutralizing herbs in the middle and um, other herbs that do other functions so I mean it's, it's a more um, holistic you know it's, it's, it's not just attacking your problem but uh, b- bolstering other things that need to be bolstered with the same um, formula so again I, I think that a lot of people are afraid of the herbs because you know you think about um, in China, there's not a lot of regulations like we have here on the growth of the herbs. And I think that these are valid concerns. And also that the traditional Chinese medicine uh, of many thousands of years ago included um, things that are right now not good to use. I mean, number one, animal um, parts and, and, and everything like that. But the Chinese government has said that... Um, they're cracking down on that because they, they're not proud of um, uh, that part of their history, obviously, but they have found many other herbs and substitutes for uh, endangered animals and plants. And so um, the official stance of the government is that they are taking out of those f- folkloric type things, um, medicine from the... Um, the China uh, public and then just trying to unify uh, based on evidence, you know, scientific evidence, what are the herbs that actually work and the formulas that work and substituting for more um, earth-friendly, nature-friendly herbs uh, with less um, damage to the environment. So when you're searching for a, a Chinese herbal for yourself or for your pet, Please uh, try to make uh, a good choice. 
uh, how is it sourced? Is it uh, blended and uh, in the United States? Um, is it reg regulation? This is another case for it. And this is what a lot of skeptics say. Well, you know, these herbs are not regulated, which is partly true. Um, but a lot of the good companies have taken their step to be up to the part with pharmaceuticals when it comes to FDA and USDA regulations, they actually taken up on themselves to um, operate at a higher level and to use organic or fair trade source materials. And um, so there are many companies like Jingtang, which I use, and Can Herbs that have really good um, herbal formulas and they're based on the ancient uh, tradition and some of the Recipes are thousands of years old, but then some of the ingredients have been, you know, switched around for equivalent power and, and energy, but more earthly friendly, earth friendly uh, sources. So that has a, to be a disclaimer, I guess. <laughs> I just want to let you know that I would never use uh, some herb that I didn't know the origin from. So. But there, so again, there's a lot out there, but if you really do your research or if you trust into a veterinarian that has been certified um, in herbal medicine, I think that you are in good hands. Um, sometimes uh, the herbs are not indicated. Um, some animals are very... Uh, allergic to some of the components and it, or they're very hard to peel so for that there are other pillars of TCVM like um, food therapy and acupuncture and tuina but for the ones that actually love the herbs and uh, tolerate them well um, the herbs are amazing because I you know I often use this analogy um, doing acupuncture is like turning the lights on and um, using herbs after acupuncture is what keeps the lights on. It's what keeps the current going. So you open you, you open the channel, the energy is flowing, but what keeps it going? The herbs. And I tell you this from personal experience. I have used herbs to heal myself. Um, I had a fracture um, tibia. Uh, some couple years ago, and it healed in record time. And I was using at that time Jigusan, which is a ancient formula for uh, fractures and healing bones. So I took it, in um, and, and it just uh, the the specialist was amazed that it healed within six weeks. Uh, a very complicated butterfly type of fracture was healed in place with just a cast. Um, and originally, uh, it was supposed to have a plate and nine screws. And I just refused. And I said, well, let me just try <laughs> acupuncture and herbs. And they thought I was totally nuts. But it healed in record time. So um, I also want to share another experience, personal. My dad, who I love dearly, whom I love dearly, he was diagnosed with uh, adenocarcinoma of the colon when he was 81 years old, he had emergency surgery and the tumor was taken out along with 18 inches of his gut. 
And at 81 years old, he absolutely refused to have um, chemotherapy. He just didn't want it, didn't want to go through it, didn't believe in it. And so I accompanied him to the oncologist. I wanted to see if the tumor had gone through the whole layers of the intestine or it was, was contained. And it was contained. And the nodules, the lymph nodes were normal. Uh, so they didn't have any trace of cancer. So I felt pretty confident. Oh, this is not a bad situation. This we can do with herbs. And I mentioned that. And oh my God, I hurt his pride. And uh, the, the physician was not very nice. Um, he said to me in parting while I was uh, signing um, the against medical order um, paper that my dad would be dead in six months because I refused the uh, the chemotherapy. And I, you know, and it wasn't me. It was my dad didn't want to do it. And I just agree with him and I supported him in his decision as a grown man. Um and so I just not want to share with you all what I said then, <laughs> but my feeling was I'm just going to prove him wrong. And we have, he turned 90 this year. He's been clean. They stopped doing um, the CAT scan five years after because he was clean every single one of them. And he hasn't had any endoscopy either because they decided he's too old to do it. Uh, he's 90 and in great health. Um, and I attribute this to the use of herbs. I wasn't there. He lived in Puerto Rico. He's a very uh, independent man. But when I went there, I gave him herbs, uh, Wiki Booster, Wei Chi Booster, which is to boost the immune system. Uh, because if you have cancer, most likely you you have a stagnation, a stoppage of energy somewhere along the way. And that is what forms the tumors. And so I gave him that to boost his energy. And then I also gave him a very ancient formula called stasis um, breaker. Stasis means, you know, something that doesn't move, right? So a uh, tumor, something solid. So stasis breaker, that's a translation. Of course, the names are very complicated in Chinese. And I'm not going to do this service by trying to say them out loud. But you can uh, research that or Give me an email and I'll shoot me an email and I'll uh, share. But uh, stasis breaker and weak chi booster for a whole year after the surgery. And then after that, he's remained in uh, weight chi booster uh, on and off. And he's done great. And so, believe it or not, the reason why I was confident in that was because of my experience with pets. I have seen in my last um, 11 years as a vet. And I've been practicing for 26, but the first 15, I just was not enlightened and I was just doing Western medicine. So the last 11 have been amazing. I, I give thanks every day to the Lord because I just found my passion. I found something that uh, fills me up completely and excites me because it's, it's, it's the healing. I feel very close to what the ancient healers felt, I guess, um, by using the alternative medicine. And I have seen cancer in some pets completely disappear or at least be um, contained for many years or much more time than what the conventional uh, wisdom and medicine says that they should be alive. There's no more stronger uh, way of 
fortifying your belief than leaving it, right? So when you've seen a patient that the previous 15 years of practice, I knew, oh, this is a poor prognosis, it's not going to live past three months, and they make it to three years, then I don't know, <laughs> you know, and it just changes you. And it changed me completely. And that was what I needed to do at that moment in time in order to use it for my own health, for my family's health, for my pet's health, for my patient's health. So I'm very grateful for that because I really uh, now have a tool um, that I can use for everything. Uh, a lot of people think that herbs are great just for paralysis. My paralyzed pets, you know, they do get electroacupuncture, acupuncture, and hemoacupuncture, but they also get herbs. They get double P, which stands for paresis and paralysis, and that herb is so powerful. It's so powerful. I have seen animals that have been paralyzed for years to walk again by the power of the electroacupuncture and, of course, double P. And I've seen dogs that I thought they should walk, and they they improve, but they don't walk. And I feel it's in in every single case has been because they cannot tolerate double P. Double P has aconite, which is super hot herb. And so even though it has other herbs to neutralize it, some dogs can just can't take it. They can't handle it. And so those poor dogs that can't handle it, they they really, you know, oftentimes, you know, take ten times longer to recover than if they could take the herb. Another um, condition that I treat a lot with herbs is seizures. I have had animals that come to me with 10 different prescriptions trying to get the seizures under control. I had a cat that had a seizure every single day for a year. Can you imagine every single day? And it was on medications and nobody could stop him. And I put him on Shen Calmer, which is not a, a herb for um, seizures. It's an herb for the heart because I diagnosed um a shen disturbance and a heart that was a heart meridian that was not um, working properly. And this tonifies and writes that energy. And the seizures stopped immediately. The day that they gave the, the shen calmer, that was the day that the cat stopped having seizures. So that kind of power in the herbs. I've seen over and over, it's like if I've seen them at least a thousand times, and so that really fortifies my beliefs in the herbs. I really do believe in them. And so Ditang Tang has been another herb that I use for seizures. And I had a really good client uh, with Willie, a cat. Um, he also had a lot of seizures. And he's never had one since, I don't think that he's had one since we put him on Ditang Tang. And I had other wonderful patients like Fonsi and... Um, that I mentioned in the book and Curly, those uh, have since passed on, but they achieved some quality of life that was not possible with just pharmaceuticals. And in those cases, I used pharmaceuticals and the herbs. So they were just an adjunct therapy. Um, and in some cases, you can use it as a single therapy. And in some cases, the cancer to me is the one that where the power of herbs is really important. I'm just humbled by it. I I have seen so many uh, pets, and one of them that I mentioned in the book too is Ariel. Uh, she since has passed, but at a, at a you know reasonable long age, 
uh, and for something completely different than what her ailment was. But when she was a baby, she was only a year, she had the worst hips that I've ever seen. There was no sockets. It was a malformation. And so she couldn't walk, couldn't get up, and she was gaining a lot of weight because she couldn't do anything. And so this case, I use um, acupuncture, and she did great. She, I put her on herbs. Uh, one was epimedium formula, which is for um, congenital defects, and then the other one, body sore for pain. And so I did do those things, but I also did implants for gold implants for um, pain and stem cells and acupuncture and massage and food therapy. And even Western herbs like turmeric. Um, is so, so she lived a long, beautiful life, uh, and pain-free life. And it was amazing to see the x-rays like two, three years after I'd done the stem cells. There was some shape to the hip area, to the joint. And this dog was running every day. You couldn't tell that this dog had such severe hip dysplasia. And so she was a great case to to see how much you can influence. I mean, if you're a baby and you have congenital defects, um, you can actually use herbs and acupuncture and food and everything that the alternative world offers in order to somehow shape a little bit. Maybe not perfect it. Maybe you can't you can't give what you don't have to give, but at least just modify it enough so that the animal can have a good quality of life and so I hope that I just got you intrigued enough so that you can uh, do some research or maybe be more open-minded about using uh, herbal remedies uh, with your health and with your pet's health Um, there's a lot of information in my book and there's other information on our website and I'm always available for you guys if you have any questions about herbal remedies, remember that um, acupuncture, herbal therapy, um, tuina, and food therapy all work together synergistically for the benefit of your pet. To try to hold one of them responsible for the whole healing is a little bit naive and um, definitely uh, can happen, but it's a little naive. Um I hope you enjoyed this segment of our book uh, and our podcast. And I'm looking forward to wrapping it off a little bit about talking about longevity in our next episode. Until then, stay safe and take care. Well, thanks so much for listening, guys. And uh, information about this episode came from my book, Alvet, the Revolutionary Pet Care and Longevity Solution, available in Amazon at our clinic and soon to be an audiobook. So look forward to that. And this episode was sponsored by my practice, Orchid Springs Animal Hospital. And our website is www.osahvsinvictorets.com, osavets.com. There's a lot of information out there if you want some more information on integrative pet healing. And our Pet Healer podcast is going to be available in all platforms. So we're looking forward to seeing you again.